Hello, hello. Here's Argy again coming to you from Broadcast Team Alpha. And of course, this is the Paranormal World Show. You know, yeah, this really is for the thinking global citizen, the one that is not afraid to step outside the box and have a look because there's stuff out there you never heard about. And we're going to deal with that tonight. Yeah, my name is Augie, and uh, I'm in the captain's chair here tonight. So uh, we are going to do something that's going to keep you on the edge of the chair, because I have I don't know if I've actually covered these subjects before. And uh, that's why it's going to be interesting. But first, <clears throat> we are coming to you from 40 plus different platforms around the world, and we are also transmitting through the wonderful platform of Conscious Awakening Network. And because of them, we are also on the Roku, on three TV stations, and a bunch of other places. So check out ConsciousAwakeningNetwork.org. You will find that they have some probably close to 50 different shows there. That uh, is very interesting. And before I introduce the guest, I want to tell you how you can connect with us. You can find us at broadcastteamalpha.com and you can send us a message from there and we'll get it and then we'll get back to you. And uh, if you are watching on YouTube right now, uh, please subscribe and click the bell because then you'll get a notification when the next video and show comes out and you don't want to miss that. And of course, YouTube is the best place to watch this show because that's about the only place where we monitor the uh, chat room. So you can ask questions and maybe we can answer them and you can participate in the show. And uh, I want to also say that Nori and I have created a, a spiritual think tank. And our guest is a member of that think tank. And uh, what we're doing there, we're, it seems like we are creating out of seemingly nothing sometimes because we found how you can tap into the universal source of everything there is and bring back, bring home what you would want. And it happens a lot, especially with healings and abundance and things like that, because the definition of a mastermind is plain and simple. When two or more minds are united in harmony, they create a third mind that has the potential mind power of the two or more of them multiplied by each other. So if a thousand people get together and concentrate on one thing, direct their attention and see it completed. Now you, this is not a thought anymore. Now it is an energy thousand times a thousand is a million mind that creates that power so that is powerful so you should check it out come and join us and participate i think you're gonna like it just send us an email to the mastermind connection at gmail.com and i'll send you some information and a link and you can come and check it out for yourself so anyway that's that story. I want to talk to you about our guest just a little bit. Bill Me is returning to Broadcast Team Alpha. <clears throat> and uh, for those of you that just uh, don't know him, I'll say just a few things. 
And uh, he has been, he was four years in the military. And after that, he was educated as a computer software engineer and worked for General Dynamics and uh, I think a couple of other major companies. Now he escaped. <laughs> he became a light worker. He is a researcher and he is even a better digger than I am. And that's a compliment. And he, like I said, he is also part of the mastermind group and we uh, were having a lot of fun there. So I want to say welcome to the show, Bill. We're going to have fun. Hi, Augie. How are you doing? Oh, it must be good. Nobody is complaining. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it should be good. And uh, I know that uh, we talked a little bit before the show, and we were trying to figure out where to start this out. And there is some things that most people wonder about, and that is Atlantis, Lemuria, and maybe even the escapees are the ones that survived that we now can find at Telos. And many of you have not heard of that place, but it is underground, and Bill's going to talk about that. So I got both my ears on, and I'm all ready for you. Okay. Well, Lemuria is one of the first civilizations that arrived on planet Earth, and it goes back actually 4,500,000 years ago. And it was seeded by souls from the Dahl Universe, D-A-H-L. And these souls from this universe uh, were seated here by a team of um, individuals, Archangel Michael, his blue flame angels, as well as other lighted beings. And they had the blessings of Mother, Father, God. And they they started, uh, the civilization was seated in Teton National Park in Jackson, Wyoming. Okay, that's where they have the big, you know, giant Teton Mountains. And that's where they started. <clears throat> and it was very majestic and very sacred. And it was a paradise. Everything on the planet was just a complete paradise at that time. But over time, they continued to expand and move further west and to the area that we know now as the Pacific area. Uh, actually, Lemuria, the landmass itself, it goes all the way from, it's actually included part of California, was part of, that was actually considered part of yeah. Lemuria, was California, all the way out to Hawaii, and the Fuji Islands, as well as, as far as uh, south as um, Easter Island, and included um, Australia and New Zealand. That all that whole thing was one giant landmass before it sank. And what you see now, these islands are like uh, just the remnants of parts of Lemuria. Yeah. But the reason we don't have much in the way of um, you know records or um, any archaeological information on these places that are still above the water is that they, most of them were destroyed by weather and earthquakes and so much other stuff that there's just not much left there. And um, now the Lemurians, from what I understand, they lived in total peace for about two million years. And then they started um, getting other civilizations that came here 
to live with them. We had uh, beans from Sirius. Um, there was also um, two other civilizations from um, the, from other parts of our galaxy that came to reside with Lumeria. And it was pretty peaceful until um, I think about two million years later, they started kind of um, creating other civilizations. And one of them, of course, was Atlantis. And Atlantis was more in the European area and the Atlantic Ocean. And it was growing quite big as well. But it was more, um, I would say, it had kind of a different mindset than Lemuria because the people in what happened with Atlantis is it got infiltrated by beings that I would say are, would be termed as service to self individuals. Mm. Whereas Lemuria was pretty much service to others. And Lemuria was more of a matriarch, matriarch mm. arc society. They were, had more of the feminine energy and Atlantis was more patriarch. They had more of the masculine energy. So in Atlantis, then when they when they got infiltrated, there was a group that was known as the Sons of Bileel. And there's a good article by Archangel Michael, or no, it's by uh, Archangel Metatron. And um, I'll give you that link, Augie, and you may want to post it under the under the player so people can read it. But yeah, it, gives really, great, really. it gives a great history of Atlantis and what what caused Atlantis and Lemuria to be destroyed. And basically, it was um, Atlantis. They, what they really had, they had a disagreement over. They were pretty advanced societies. Lemuria was pretty advanced. Atlantis was getting to be very advanced. And they had different mindsets on how to deal with the other nations on the planet that were not very advanced. The Atlanteans believed that they needed to control these other civilizations and groom them and and basically just control them mm -hmm. whereas the lemurians mindset was no let's leave them alone and let's let them progress on their and progress on their own and let them have their own evolutionary growth and not interfere with them yeah. and this disagreement kept building up and building up and it got to the point where atlantis um was getting more infiltrated by these service to self individuals. And they decided that the best thing to do was just get rid of Lemuria. And so to do that, what they did is they took control of the master crystals and the crystals, they weaponized them. And then when they tried to turn them in to use them as weapons, they mishandled how the energy was going to the crystals and they overloaded and they completely blew up. And these were master gigantic crystals. And it was like a nuclear explosion. And it just completely, you know, what they, when they decided to um, go against Lemuria, it was really a thermonuclear exchange. And these crystals blew up afterwards. But the, the thermonuclear exchange destroyed Lemuria. And they fired back. And Atlantis was also partly destroyed. And then these crystals blowing up. I mean, caused the final destruction of Atlantis. And Archangel Metatron explains that. But what happened in um, 
Lemuria, I, it, the continent sank, and it sank over a period of time. So there was a little bit of time for the Lemurians to decide what to do. They knew their continent was going to sink, and they knew that they had to do something. But they decided that that the best thing to do would be to go inside the Earth. The reason being is because these nuclear yeah. exchanges, they created so much fear on the surface of the planet. And the Lemurians knew that they were originally a 5D society or had a 5D vibrational frequency. And the Lemurians knew that it was dropping to 4D and it was going to eventually drop to 3D. So they decided to look for a place to go into the earth where it was going to remain a higher vibration. And they found the area in California called uh, Mount Shasta, which is really, it's a, it's, it's really a uh, extinct volcano. And it goes up about 14,000, it's over 14,000 feet. Hmm. And they renovated the, the, well, before they did that, they had to get permission from um, another society called Shambhala, which is a uh, part of the um, Agarthan network. There's like about four different inner earth cities that make up the Agartha network. And Shambhala is one of those networks. And they, they're like the heading, they head up the Agartha network and they got mm -hmm. permission. They got, finally got permission from um, the uh, Shambhala network to do it. But before they, but they had what happened is they were part of this um, confederate, the confederation of um, interconfederation of planets, and they when they did that nuclear exchange with uh, Atlantis, they lost their membership until they could prove themselves to be a peaceful nation, mm -hmm. and they had to prove that they could demonstrate peace, and they had to prove that they were not going to be warlike ever again. Because after this nuclear exchange, both Atlantis and Lemuria realized both they did neither of them won. They mm -hmm. they all lost in the in the in the in the end. Yeah. And yeah. so, when they got permission to go into uh, renovate the uh, area under Mount Shasta, uh, that's what they did. Now, some of the some of the, the the high members of Lemuria they stayed, and I think there was about. I think it was about four million, three to four million Lemurians, and the area under Mount Shasta was only going to be able to hold about two hundred thousand people. So um, that's what they were planning to do: was save about two hundred thousand of their people. And um, actually, the island of Lemuria sank a lot sooner than expected. So only about 25,000 people actually escaped and made it to Mount Shasta. So um, the rest of them went down with the with the people and they 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 did so I read that they went down with dignity and they um they had they all protected they they formed a circle the high priest and protected all the people from all the negative energy that was coming in from everything else. And so this helped protect the people in such a way that um, they could have a, uh, they knew they were going to pass, but they, but by being protected from all the trauma and the negative energy that was coming in, 
it made it so that they could actually incarnate in a little higher vibration in the next go round. Because they say when you experience trauma, really hard trauma, it takes about two incarnations to rid yourself of that negative energy from the past trauma. So that's what these high priests were doing was trying to protect the people mm -hmm. so that they could at least go with a higher vibration. But anyway, Lemuria um, sank. And then you have, we have Telos now, which is uh, in the northern part of California. And it's, uh, like I said, an extinct volcano. And it's my understanding that the way they structured this is it has five different levels. So there's the lower level, which is where most of the the housing and uh, where people live and the, uh, you know, like you would see a uh, suburb type places there. And then the next level is where they do most of their manufacturing and most of the um, uh, business type stuff. Okay. And then they have another layer above that, which is where they do a lot of their hydroponics and they don't really need, need to do, that much farming there i think the civilization right now in lomeria is around i think it's around a million right now or 1.5 million i think is what the number is right now for the people that live underneath mount shasta in telos mm. so telos and i read that telos actually has two forms of government that kind of coexist together in harmony they have the council of 12 and that's made up of six males and six females because they want to balance the, the feminine energy with the masculine energy. And then there's the high priest of that council, which is Adama. So Adama is the high priest of Lemuria, and he's the one that makes the final decision if there's a tie between the 12, council of 12. And then mm -hmm. there's also a king and queen. And there's, there's king, I guess it's King Ra and... Queen Anu, let's see, Anu, I think it's Anu Ra, I think it's Anu Ra, and then there's Ra. That's the king and queen. And they also have a say-so too. So like if there's a decision that has to be made, they'll go to the Council of Twelve, and then the king and queen will also give their okay on, on whether uh, to go with something or not go with something. But they live in perfect harmony, and they don't have any, any more war and, you know, it's amazing how fast a civilization can advance when you don't have war. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's why we can't ever get anywhere is because war is so destructive and it destroys everything. And it's like starting all over again. Mm -hmm. So with Lemuria, they've had all this time. It was, you know, it was 12,000 years ago when they actually inhabited Mount Shasta and and created Telos. And Telos means it's a, it's a name that means communication with the spirit and and um and and understanding with the spirit and um so they realize that um that war is not the answer and they've decided to take the course of of perfect harmony they don't have any monetary system or money like we do they don't need it and their vibration their bodies are actually a little they're they're less dense than our bodies are. They're more etheric bodies. So they're but they but to them they feel just as physical to them as our physical mm -hmm. bodies feel to us. But even though they're less dense, so they don't have to eat if they don't want to because they can kind of live off the light, the energy 
there and in under tallows, but they do eat for just enjoyment purposes. And most of their food is grown hydroponically and their advancements, they share also technology with other civilizations in the inner earth. So like they might share uh, technology with the hollow earth people in Agartha or Shambhala and so forth, back and forth. And they have these high speed trains that go up to 3000 miles per hour. Okay, and they, they hardly have anything ever go wrong with them unless there's like maybe an earthquake or something. It might have to be minor repairs, but they travel on those high speed trains to get to these other civilizations in the inner earth. Mm -hmm. Now, um, outwardly in their city, their city's kind of made up of different villages. And they have these um, um, moving sidewalks. You just get on it and they just, you know, they move. <laughs> And they also have these sleds that are run on electromagnetic energy, kind of like little hover things that you stand on and you just go everywhere you want on these little, they call them, um, they're, uh, they're just anti-gravity sleds, mm -hmm. electromagnetic sleds. And you, and um, they'll probably be sharing that technology with us eventually, because I did hear that we're getting very close to the people of Telos introducing themselves to us. And what they're going to do is they're going to invite us into their civilization for tours. You're only going to be, the only ones that are going to be allowed to go are going to be those people that have a 5D consciousness. Mm -hmm. You have to have you have to be at least 90% free of duality consciousness. So if you have a higher consciousness and you have um um a consciousness where you do not want to harm anything or anyone and have unconditional love for any person regardless mm -hmm. of their race then you will be accepted to go on a tour to tell us mm -hmm. and i think those tours are going to be i think they're very close to tell you the truth because i heard today that we were going to have um the goal was to have galactic disclosure this year of 2023 according to um uh, Thorhan, which is the contact that communicates with uh, Elena. Mm -hmm. And she did an interview today with Thorhan, and he said 2023 was the goal to, to have uh, galactic disclosure, and he helped relay information to one of our generals. Yeah. The general, he said, has been dragging his feet, so they don't think it's going to happen this year, but they definitely say it will most for sure happen in 2024. I, uh, I want to comment a little bit on the Lemuria and Mount Shasta because a lot of people out there will say, yeah, sure, you know, they're underneath the ground of Mount Shasta. Of course, you know, show me the evidence. Well, there is evidence. There is many testimonial evidence from people that have found caverns going in and they've seen people in it for one thing. But there was another one that cannot be disputed in any way, and that is about, I think it was 1973 or 72, they were widening out the road, I think it's Shasta Road it's called, okay. they were widening it out around the curve and they were dynamiting away a part of the mountain there. And when they were doing, getting rid of all that rock, they found the tunnel mm. that goes straight into the mountain. And it went in for several hundred, for, for quite a while. 
And then it stopped and went straight down. And the thing about this tunnel was covered up where they were getting rid of the rock, but inside it was totally glazed around the tunnel. It was kind of like if it was um, melted rock around. Okay. So you could see that it's been pretty hot when they tunneled that out. And then the same thing going down. And they said in the article that they threw a big rock into the uh, in the, the cavern, that, I mean, the tunnel that goes down, and they never heard it hit the bottom, which means, you know, not all that much, because uh, if it was a mile down, they probably couldn't hear it. But it went, that tunnel was there, and it was written up in the local newspaper. It might have been Shasta News or some uh, title like that. I think it was 1973, possibly okay. 72, because uh, I made a note of that I was in the United States when this happened, and that would have been after 1972. So that tunnel was built by someone with an extreme technology to glaze the walls and build that tunnel into the mountain and then straight down, and nobody knew where the bottom was. So there is something there that cannot be explained away. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. that, mount, that mountain, or Mount Shasta itself, is a, it's a very high very vibrational area. Yep. And I think they can, they have entrances to it, but they can project a hologram so it looks like a rock or something. And so it's really hard to find the entrances because you just see rock when really mm -hmm. it's a hologram. And they, yeah. they will know your vibration. So if you don't have a high vibration, you won't be allowed to go in there. Yeah. But I, now there are some people like Ted Marr who has traveled there, I think, out of body. And if you and he's allowed to go in there because he has a higher vibration, but he can remember because he's he's um he's a psychic or a medium. So he can go out of body and remember, you know, we all go out of body when we go to sleep and go different places. But when we come back, we don't remember anything or where we were. But sometimes we do go to some of these places like uh, hollow earth or inner earth or other, you know, you can go anywhere basically. Uh, once you're out of body and while you're sleeping, but you just don't remember where you went to, but you can ask to remember and write, start writing it down, and you'll start to yeah. remember more, more <clears throat> where you go. And you can also make requests before you go to sleep where you would like to go. Mm -hmm. so, now the the beings that live in Telos, they were pretty tall originally, but they they kind of shrank because from what I'm lear learning, as the civilizations become more dualistic and more destructive, the height of the people gets smaller. <laughs> mm. So they're, they were around 12, I think, originally, but now they're around eight feet. But also it has to do with the gravity where they're at. So like the gravity in the hollow earth is is um, is such <laughs> that they're, they're around, I think, 12 to 15 feet tall. And uh, the, and the, the uh, people of Telos, they're around seven to eight feet tall. So when they come to the surface, they're they're going to be tall people. Yeah, uh, they, you know, and you're going to kind of know that 
you're not from around here. <laughs> yeah, and I, I bet the basketball uh, players are going to be <laughs> right. looking for them, yeah. <laughs> and now there's other high-dimensional beings that do live um, on the mountain. Then that that is these uh, four-feet-tall um, little people. And um, a lot of people say they see these little people. They're, they're little, they're, they're higher dimensional beings. And unless they lower their vibration, you really won't see them. Yeah. But uh, some people have seen them and they, um, you know, they have their own little get togethers uh, and they take care of gardens and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're, they're kind of like the, uh, the fairy, the fairy kingdom, but they're, they're a little bigger, they're bigger than the fairies, but they're not yeah. nearly as big as we are. And then of course there's Sas uh, Sasquatch on hmm. the mountain as well. Now they go back to the um, planet Meldek. Remember Meldek got yep. destroyed. They were brought here, and um, they don't. Their consciousness is probably it's higher than ours, but probably not as high as those Intellos. But they're 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 they are higher dimensional beings, and they do have the ability to raise their vibration to where you can't see them. And the same for the little people. And that's why they, they do that to stay out of harm because they don't want to, you know, end up uh, being a science project or being studied in the name of science, yeah. which is yeah. what would happen, you know. Yeah. So they just raise their vibration and that way they stay protected. That's good. That's good. I see we're coming up on the bottom of the hour here. And uh, when we come back after my little comment here, I, um, I want to talk about a little more about Atlantis because... Uh, there is much evidence that that was in the Atlantic Ocean, and it's right now sitting on the bottom of the ocean. There's huge buildings, columns. There is like there would have been communities sitting on the bottom, and it's all built out of stone. One of them is 60 miles west of Portugal, and it's out there. So we want to talk a little bit more about that. And uh, if you lost, uh, joined us late, we are talking to Bill Me, and we're talking about the similarity and what happened to Atlantis, Lemuria, and what's under Mount Shasta. We have covered a couple of those, but uh, we're going to get on Atlantis. So stay with us. This is going to get good. I uh, <clears throat> I got another comment, and that is that for those of you that think this is a little far out. Go and research it. Start Googling terms in relation to what we are talking about. Because it's there. All we have to do is to step out of the box a little bit, and we will find these things. Uh, Nori and I interviewed a guy probably about two years ago that went down into the Caribbean, and they found where part of Atlantis was, sitting on the bottom of the ocean. There were stone structures down there that proved it. So it is there. It is not just a question. Another little comment that I have is that there are cities underneath the sea in the Atlantic Ocean, in the areas a little bit north and also to the south of the Caribbean. Um, the reason I know that is because back in about a couple of years after I came to the United States, became a flight instructor, I ended up in Greencastle, Indiana to teach flying. And I befriended, became a very good friend with a um, 
a captain, an airline captain uh, from Allegheny, Allegheny Airlines back then. And he said he flew charter flights from the United States deep down into the Caribbean all the time. And he said when we're way up there, no moon, and even if there's a serious cloud layer, so when we fly over certain areas of the Caribbean, he said we can see blobs of light in the water. There's one place, there's a couple of them that is fairly close, and there's a string of light connected the two of them. And he knows exactly where it was. He talked, he always wondered what is down there, but he really didn't talk much about it, I don't think. He told me because I was interested in UFOs, so he talked about it. But those blobs of light under the water in the Caribbean, those are cities and there's people living there and i don't know who they are but they are not from the surface they have probably been there longer than we have and um i have an idea on the proximity of it from what he talked about but that could be interesting to research sometime have you heard of anything like this bill yeah, I have. In fact, the um, you've heard of the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. Well, that was right underneath there in the ocean is a pyramid. And it was part of Atlantis, I believe. And that pyramid creates a vortex. And that's why you have all those strange things that yeah. go on with airplanes flying over, over the Bermuda Triangle. It's because of the vortex that's there that's created by the uh, energy pyramid that's below that in the ocean. Yeah. So. And uh, another thing, uh, I got a lot of friends that are pilots, you know. So uh, one of them said that he was flying through the Bermuda Triangle. And he said when he was going down, that there was something really strange. There was a cloud out there, but it was green. And okay. it was kind of roundish and stood up. And there was a green cloud out there. And he had no idea what it was. And then again, I, uh, have, I kind of gave him an idea that maybe that was very high electric charge. We'll do that. So uh, there's stuff out in the Trem Bermuda Triangle too. And... Uh, and when Atlantis went down, they they found also a way to save a lot of their people. Some of them went to Egypt, didn't they? Yeah. Or yeah, some Egypt. Of them, yep. Some of them they went to the Americas, and some of them they learned how to live underwater. Yeah, we have the Mer people. Yeah. And the Mer people are probably they, well, they stay away from us for the most part because, again, they don't want to be another science experiment. But I do believe that they'll make themselves known. They were quite prevalent during the days of Atlantis, but they had to go into hiding after the destruction. Yeah. There's, there's also, I think, um, you know, we have Telos, and then there's, there's like four other inner Earth cities. One is below Brazil. And um, I forgot the name of it, but 
a lot of these other cities like um, Shambhala and and elsewhere, they're inhabited by the Hyperboreans. And they existed here 40,000 years ago. And they left the surface 40,000 years ago and they went into these inner Earth's uh, communities and started their civilizations there. And I think they'll be coming forth as well. And uh, in fact, I think if you've ever heard of the, the series called um, Anastasia, that mm-hmm. was about a, a Russian uh, person that went into an area and met a being that he believes was um, from a higher civilization. I believe she was Hyperborean, Hyperborean, and her name was Anastasia, and she taught him all kinds of stuff, and he wrote a whole series of books. And you can look that up, the the Anastasia series. It's a, it's a great series. I hear it kind of changes your life once you read it because it gives a lot of history that has been covered up. But make sure you get the try to get the original series because I understand that the um, when they did a rewrite, they took some stuff out. Yeah. And so they t- have a tendency of, of doing that publishers not wanting you to know certain things so you try to get the original series and uh, not the not the um uh, edition to second edition try to avoid that one if you can yep and it was originally written i think in russian so but uh you can find a the first translation and that's the best one to get hmm yeah yeah atlantis they uh, was around a long time too, and I believe it was somewhere around fifty thousand, maybe thirty-five thousand to fifty thousand years ago that the last part of it sank. But it was huge. It was just about everywhere, northern part of the Helgoland Islands, up in the northern part of the uh, Atlantic, and all the way down across the equator. Even they had parts of it. So, and. I read and there were some divers that went out from, they're from Portugal in Europe. They went out into the uh, ocean west of Portugal and they were diving down there and they found this little city. Well, it wasn't just a little city either. It was um, several miles wide. Stone buildings, stone mm-hmm. columns were with roofs on They were just like they would have it in Greece, they say two, three, four thousand years ago. So all of this sitting on the bottom of the ocean, west of Portugal. And of course, I would say, uh, without knowing fully, but I would say that must have been part of Atlantis at one time. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. In fact, um, the uh, famous actress, uh, what's her name? Uh, can't think of it now. Uh, anyway, she's um, she said she had a lifetime in Atlantis, and she went to that area that you're talking about, and she's starting to have uh, flashback memories of actually living there. And she <laughs> believes that that was part of Atlantis. Hmm. Yeah. Shirley MacLaine was that her? That's it. Yeah, Shirley oh, yeah. MacLaine. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, she was, it was like a year ago, I read that she was in that area you're talking about near mm-hmm. Portugal. And so I do believe that was part of Atlantis because she has memories of ever being part of Atlantis. And she was said she was, she lived there. 
I have a, I'm going to take about three minutes and tell you this. And uh, we haven't talked about this before, but I have a friend and her name is Valerie Bonvik. She wrote a book, uh, actually two of them. And this book's title is Training of an Adept. And this came about because she told me uh, that there was one day, uh, quite a few years ago now, there was a knock on the door and she came to open up and there was a seven foot tall guy standing out there. And uh, he looked a little strange, but uh, there was something about him that put her at ease. And he said, we've been watching you for a while, and uh, can we talk? So she invited him in, and he started to tell her that he told, actually, first he told her some things about her that nobody would know about. And that told her that there's something about this guy that I need to listen to. And he told her that he was a survivor from the uh, Atlantis debacle. And they had learned both to live on land and live underwater. And she, I remember she said, you know, that's when I started leaning back in the chair, she said, because I wasn't quite with him anymore when he mm. said he could live underwater. <clears throat> but he had a tall collar around so he pulled the collar down and he showed her he had gills. Mm -hmm. yeah. And from there on, she was all ears, I suppose. And he came and visited her quite often during the, that year. And he was teaching her stuff about Atlantis and how to become an adept. And that's in this book. Uh, I'm not so sure that it is in print anymore because when she wrote the book, she bought, uh, I mean, a few thousand of it and it filled up her garage and she just didn't know how to sell it. I see. But I, I was talking to you now. I got the idea. Maybe I should give her a call again and see maybe she would like to be a guest because I interviewed her once before. And that was on a show that I no longer do. It was on the Universal Consciousness show. It's on the it's on YouTube. You can probably find it. But I, I think I should call her, and uh, that that will make an interesting interview. So uh, yeah, thank, thank how, you for how, how thank, do you think she, how old do you think she is? Uh, she she's a little older. Probably uh, I don't know. 60s plus maybe okay so uh she is uh she's had a lot of life experience seen mm -hmm. a lot of strange people and this was one of them and he is telepathic he sends her messages and if sometimes some okay. some of them are really simple yeah how are you doing or right. some of them just comes with a whole bunch of stuff that he wants her to write down and publicize Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, Atlantis was, uh, it was pretty advanced and uh, they had, there was basically two groups. It was the children of the law of one, which believed in 
you know, love and harmony and living peacefully. And then there was the sons of Bileo, which were the the dark ones, yeah. and they were more service to self. And they infiltrated Atlantis and took over uh, parts of the government. And then eventually the government started getting into a warlike situation. And, uh, and then when they took over the um, crystals from the high priest, that that was pretty much it was the end of Atlantis once that happened because the crystals Atlantis used crystals for everything they yeah. used it for healing they used them to generate energy <laughs> to communicate from one to another from pyramids to another pyramid uh, crystals were used to store information and I think that's something that's kind of a lost technology that we don't really have right now today and I'm, I'm thinking it will be shared with us and we'll start using crystals more heavily than we do now because they're so yeah. they're living. They, they carry their own living consciousness and um, and they they do um, amazing things if you just know how to work with them. So um, that's a technology we lost that I hope we'll get back again. Now, the, some of those giant crystals in Atlantis before it was destroyed were buried. And they were buried to preserve them for a later day. And Arkansas is where they buried some of those giant crystals. So if you go to Arkansas near the um, the Ozarks, you'll have a high vibrational energy from these giant crystals yeah. that are buried beneath the uh, land there. Yeah, Crys crystals, they open up an interdimensional connection. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me take another 45 seconds and tell you another quick story. Here in southern Arizona, there is a plateau that is covered by a thick layer of crystals all over the place. And the Native Americans say, don't ever go there because you can disappear. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, they have stories of people that have gone there and not really believed the old stories. And they went out there. And when there is a thunderstorm in the area, especially if the thunderstorm is over there, if you are on that little plateau, which is fairly small, it's uh, maybe the size of a house or a little more, yeah. then they disappear yeah. and they never come back. And that's why the Native Americans say, don't ever go there. Yeah. And that's right. It, I had a friend 20 years ago, I interviewed him on my TV show in Tucson, and he was going to take me there, and it just never worked, but I really would have loved to have done that. Mm. You know, I learned that the people of Telos, their houses are made out of crystals, okay? Uh -huh. But they what they do is, they at first when they started building houses, they did it the way we did, you know, with saws and hammers and things like that. <laughs> But as they rose to a higher consciousness, they found that they could manifest their houses. Yeah. And so what they do is they, they design and focus on the creation of their houses mentally using their their mind and heart. Heart energy is very important because you need to feel it and so forth. And that what they do is they construct one crystal on top of another and design it the way they want. And I hear that they're they're really fast at it. They don't have time in their in their society like we do the time doesn't exist there but um because it's a higher fifth dimensional society but yeah. they said if they were to measure how long they could it would take 
to create a house and if we if they had time like we do they can do it in about 30 minutes so they can create a house in about 30 minutes say to an hour and they design it however they want and they design their houses according to sacred geometry so most mm -hmm. of their houses are round okay they are, are you know round shape they don't like sharp edges and the same with the yeah. galactics when they design their spacecraft you won't see sharp corners and things. Everything is curved. Okay. And that's just yep. the way it is. So it's the same thing with them. And I think they're going to be sharing, teaching us how to do that, how to manifest our own things that we want to manifest. Um, but it'll, we have to get our consciousness raised to a higher vibration and higher frequency. And once we get there, then when they emerge and join with our society they're going to teach us how to do these kind of things so it's going to be real exciting to um that's why you want to make your make ascension your number one priority because if you don't ascend with gaia you're not going to be sticking around to learning any of this stuff you'll be going elsewhere to spend another twelve thousand five hundred years in duality learning more lessons someplace else so you can either raise your vibration now and learn to get along and love everybody unconditionally and ascend with Gaia, or you're going to go elsewhere and continue to learn more lessons. So, yeah. And these, what you were talking about, they were creating their houses with their mind, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. We're doing that in the mastermind, aren't we? Yeah, that's where we're headed. We're moving yeah. in that direction. <laughs> Remember, uh, I shouldn't mention her name because I haven't told her that I was going to say this, but she had severe back pain for 35 years. And we wrapped our mastermind around her. And within hours, there were no pain. Mm, that's great. Or uh, actually a little while ago now, when there were all kinds of fire uh, forest fires in Northern California, and I uh, had a lady call me and say, you know, gosh, I got to move into town because I'm afraid my house is going to burn. So what can we do? We wrapped our mastermind around her, her house in Northern California. It hadn't rained for three to four months up there. But okay. within an hour and a half, there were howling rain in that area. All the okay. four fires went out. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So you could consider us getting a head start. And learning how to do this before yeah. anyone else is going to learn it. So you might, I mean, is this going to be the future? So why not learn it now? Absolutely. Yeah. That's why you guys listening to this, send us an email, be part of this, because you can see it firsthand mm -hmm. happening. And we have just about every time we got something happening that shouldn't happen according to science. Yeah. And when you hear the testimonials, it encourages you because you know now that you've got a technology that works mm -hmm. and something that makes a difference in this on this world. So, you know, that shows you the power of our mind and our heart and working together to uh, create the reality that we want to see on this planet. Yeah, we yeah. have that power to do it if we just and, you know, there's power in numbers. So as we yeah. all get together, it happens faster and faster. The more we <clears throat> the more people we can get together, it's an exponential um growth and, and power as more people come together and i want to say to everybody out there listening to this you already have that power to do this it's just that nobody told you how mm -hmm. so now come and join us and 
find out how, and then you can do these things even by yourself. Create a little mastermind in your family and you can create wonderful things. It is so simple. Yeah. I didn't I didn't say easy because you have to do a few things, but it's simple. Yeah. Augie, I learned today through uh Commander Thorhan uh via Oh yeah, I want to hear about that. Commander Thorhan spoke through Elena Denon. She has an implant <laughs> that she got from the Greys when she was abducted at a very young age, and the uh, Galactics rescued her from the Greys. And then they used their technology to, um, it was too dangerous to remove the implant where it was in the brain. So what they did is they altered it so that it was working on a frequency that the grays cannot cannot utilize. They don't know how to, they can't hack it, they can't use it, but the, it's the, the Galactic Federation now can use it. And so they use it to communicate to uh, to Elena Denon. And uh, she has the ability now with that implant if uh, Thorhan turns on his device on his end, she it's like she's looking through his eyes. So whatever he sees, she is seeing. So if he's looking out the spacecraft window and seeing spaceships, when he has that, that flips the switch, that's what she's seeing too. Wow. Now he's taken her on several <laughs> trips and she went to the moon and because they can, they can beam her on board their ships. And uh, she was taken on a trip to the uh, moon. Our moon is hollow and it's actually quite busy inside there with a lot of manufacturing going on and they're actually manufacturing med beds. And those med beds are being shipped here. Some of them are already here and they're gonna be placed in major cities around the around the world and uh, they're gonna start healing people. And uh, that's when the they're going to be made available, I think, very, very soon, most likely before the end of this year. And uh, they're putting them in the major cities. And then, of course, they'll be in um, areas that you may not even notice. That it's, it may not even look like it's a hospital or anything, or it's just maybe a, like a, a, a building that looks like a normal building, but it will have a med bed in there. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to learn about those. We also learned that these arcs, there's 24 arcs that are buried deep into the ground in different parts of the world. And these arcs are kind of like, um, I guess you could think of them like buried UFOs because they contain inside all kinds of advanced technologies of different, of the civilizations like from Atlantis and so forth that were here at that time. And they buried these arcs to preserve the technology and their knowledge at that time so if they were ever destroyed it, could, it, it was preserved so these are starting to be activated these arcs are being activated right now today and there was a, there is an arc in ukraine near kershon i think it's called that's um more on the eastern part of ukraine and that whole war over there is primarily a fight over that underground um arc because the, the Ukrainians have, were tapping into some of the technologies that were in that arc, and they were doing, um, they were making clones, they were creating, uh, according to Thorhan, they were creating hybrids, where they were um, creating humans with uh, machines and AI. And Thorhan said that when they went in there, to they rescued the children, that were that they found, but
but the hybrids they didn't he said they had to destroy the hybrids because they were some form of um ai mixed with humans that didn't really belong in any part of the universe and um so they were destroyed but um these arts um were the war in ukraine you know it was it was fought over different things and of course i know putin had his reasons for wanting to uh go in there to rid the nazis and uh and you know do basically a regime change yep. and also um stop all the uh child trafficking that was going on there and the adrenochrome and so forth but this um this particular underground facility had advanced technologies and i think those technologies are going to be shared with the world so um these arcs are going to be made available some of the technology that's there and goes way back i think all the way back to atlantis and maybe even before so it's going to be exciting to have that technology mm-hmm. come forth and that war yeah. now is pretty i think that war in ukraine is pretty well over um for the, i mean there's not there's no chance that ukraine's going to win that war mm-hmm. and um and it looks like that's why they diverted the ball changed their you know that's why they had this big diversion in israel because they weren't they would they saw they weren't going to win in ukraine and they lost the control of the art and so it's over with pretty much there and so they needed a big distraction and they created this thing in israel yeah yeah and it's uh in in some forms there is a false flag there but uh yeah I think I maybe think we gonna, should. Yeah, we, I we think can. it's going to be short lived. I don't think it's going to go. It's not going to go into a third world war. The, no, the Galactics won't allow that to happen. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try, but you know, it's just we might have. We might get up to a scary event of some kind, but yeah. it's not going to really break out into a third world war. It's no, going it, to be stopped. I think it's going to look a lot worse than it is right now, but it will all fizzle out, and it's going mm-hmm. to be okay. Yeah, that's what you I think this. too. Yeah. And I think that, uh, oh gosh, we're getting down towards the end of the show here. I um, I think, though, that we have talked enough here to spur the interest of a few of the listeners out there to do some of their own research. And for those of you that want to learn how to do a little more about the uh, mastermind that we have created, send me an email to themastermindconnection at gmail.com. And I'll send you some information and, uh, and a link to come and join us. And then you can come and join us and uh, kind of hang out with Nuri and I and Bill and everybody else. And Augie, I I run a telegram room called uh, New Earth Happenings and Libertarian Projects. It's a private chat room, so if you do a search on Telegram, you probably won't find it. But I'll give you the link, and maybe you can include it below the player if anybody wants to join my Telegram room. Because I do research every day, and I post a lot of things in my uh, Telegram room. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't have a lot of time to research, you can at least join my telegram room and get a lot of good information because I do post there every day. Yeah. T- tell them how they can find you on telegram. Okay. Well, I'll, it's a private link and because it's a private telegram room. So I, I will email you the link to the chat room and maybe you can get uh, Max to put it below the player so people can, uh, find it and uh, just okay. click on it and then join my room. 
Okay, I will. Um, I'll talk to the producer and I'll see if we can get all of that uh, put in the text underneath this video when you see it out there. That'd be great. Yeah, because I am part of that uh, Telegram group and boy, oh boy, do they have a lot of stuff coming out and uh, interesting stuff, things that we really need to know. Yeah, I try to find the latest stuff, the, the most relevant, most important stuff. Some of it will be political, but I try to go more toward the light worker messages. Mm -hmm. And because I believe they're the most important things to, to know, because it's my chat room. If you just if you join it and you read what I post and you stay with it for six months, I guarantee you'll be a changed individual. If yeah. you just read the light worker messages or watch the light worker videos, because they do have they do carry a high vibrational energy and they will change you just by reading them. It will help raise your vibration. And that should be our goal right now. Our number one goal should be to raise our vibration. In fact, Thorhan told Elena Danan, he said, you have one job. It is to raise your vibration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't understand, gee, how do I do that? Well, just like Bill said, Read and study high vibrational material and you will be brought with it. That's right. Also get out in nature. Try to eat yeah. live high vibrational food, not dead food or junk food or fast food. That'll just take you down a lower vibration. Yeah. And of course, um, read read um, high vibrational material and stay away from anything that's fear-based. So if you're, if you're watching the news, you're just feeding on fear. Okay, so get rid of that. Turn it off. Yeah. Go to and, my chat room. Read more important stuff. And hang around positive people. That's yes. why That's why you should send me and uh, send us an email and do themastermindconnection at gmail.com and you'll get to hang around some positive people. But yeah, excellent learned, information. And here's something I learned that if you have a person that's kind of a low vibration and they're hanging around someone that's a higher vibration, it's more likely that the lower vibration person will raise up to the higher vibration person than the higher one will go down to the lower one. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for being with me here, Bill. Uh, this was good as always. And uh, let's do this again sometime next okay. week. Okay. No, Sounds next, good. Yeah, next month. Anyway, uh, for those of you out there that has been listening to this, if you like what you heard, please subscribe and check the bell. And then, uh, well, I think that's about it, isn't it? So uh, we will see you next time. And uh, one more thing. Until then, be good to each other. <laughs>